You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A C L. And with that, welcome back in to the ACL Pod featuring Captain Wags. I'm ACL and he is Wags. Halfway done through the AFC yesterday. Today, Wednesday, we are making our way through the rest of the AFC with the South and the West. And then next week, NFC. NFL previews continue. As I mentioned, I'm ACL. He is Wags. Twitter, Instagram, at the real mystery, Mr. ACL at Captain Wags. ACL sports.com is the website. Futures package goes out next week, Tuesday, 22nd. Cannot wait for that. Get every single futures play that we make both in college and NFL. Wags, you ready to talk some AFC South and West, starting with the South here? Yeah, a little uh, change of pace here after talking about the AFC East and North yesterday, two really, really solid divisions um, you know, transferring to the South. Seems not like solid, not solid. Probably uh, the, the worst division in the AFC, but um, – yeah, let's uh, let's definitely start it off, and you know we got the Jacksonville Jaguars up first. We do. We're going to be starting with the Jags. Here are the numbers for the South to win the division. Yes, I'm saying this, Wags. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the significant favorites to win the division. Minus one fifty five favorites for the Jacksonville Jaguars to win the division, followed by the Tennessee Titans at plus three fifty. The Colts. The Anthony Lich- Richardson-led Colts, as of yesterday, he was named the starter, 6-1. to one. Houston Texans, if you think that the Texans in, in C.J. Stroud's first year can win the division, you can get 8-1 to one on the Texans. Here are the numbers for the Jaguars. Win total, 9.5, minus 140 if you want to go over that, plus 120 if you want to go under that. As I mentioned, to win the division, minus 155. To go to the Super Bowl and win the AFC, 14-1. to one. And to win the Super Bowl... A, I'll call it trendy. I don't know if popular is the right word, but a trendy pick by some to win the Super Bowl. 30-1 to 1 on the Jaguars' wags. I would simply say this before I kick it over to you. There was, in my opinion, no bigger coaching improvement in the NFL last year, arguably in the last maybe 10 to 20 years in the NFL, going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. Super Bowl winner Doug Peterson. He seems to really be getting the most out of Trevor Lawrence and it's a, a good thing because, man, if they had kept Urban Meyer there for a couple more years, who knows what it would have done to uh, Trevor's confidence there. So a lot of upside for the Jags here. Yeah, look, uh, Peterson was in a win-win. I mean, he takes over for Urban Meyer who was an absolute joke. So coming in and, and being able to come into a good situation with a really good quarterback, um, you know, Probably hindsight's twenty twenty. I can say that easily. You know, after um, Lawrence kind of struggled that first year with Urban, was it him? Was it Urban? Uh, well, it turns out it was a hundred percent Urban Meyer. Um, yes. The guy was, you know, kind of a sham, and and I don't even know if he took it seriously. Um, but yeah, the Jaguars, another team with a lot of hype. They didn't have much hype last year because of the whole Urban Meyer situation. There wasn't so much uh, pressure. Um, you know, he had a Lawrence had a subpar year. His first year, he comes in pretty impressive. Twenty five touchdowns, eight picks last year. Um, they bring back their entire group of receivers in uh, Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram at tight end. Oh, and they add and possibly a listener to this podcast. Not sure, Calvin Ridley. Um, <laughs> I I kid, I kid. Not sure. Calvin. Uh, throwing, uh, those, so. throwing those eight teamers together, baby. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> And then, and then you add it, you know, Etn in the in the mix, who who was slow out of the gate, um, ended up turning it up and and running for over a thousand yards last year. They also add in Tank Bigsby um, to kind of act as a thunder to Etn's lightning, um, and it should be a very very fun offense to watch. Defensively, they can improve on the edge a little bit. They only had thirty five sacks last year, which was the seventh lowest in the NFL. 
and they're going to need to improve on third down percentage where they ranked 29th in the league, um, which didn't really match their other defensive stats. So, um, you know, I, I you know, in the sense that, you know, they only gave up 20.6 points per game, ranked 12th. They, um, you know, what else? They, they're rushing yards per game, 114.8, also ranked 12th. Um, so when it comes to that, you know, you're, you're looking at a defense that has potential. If they can get some pressure off the edge, you know, I think on defense, they, they can um, really improve. So um, I think you look at it, they, they actually gave up the 20, they were ranked 28th in passing yards per game. I think if you improve the edge, obviously increases the rush on the quarterback helps out the defensive back a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be, you know, a big help for the Jaguars this year. Um, I really like what they've done on offense. Their defense needs to come around. Um, I think, you know, in order for Jacksonville to have a good shot, if they can get that edge rush and, and, you know, add some pressure on the quarterback, um, that's going to be a, a huge key to this, um, this team's success. And, uh, you know, I think schedule-wise, right in the middle, eight home games and, and kind of those two back-to-back London games I mentioned yesterday. Which I think are big, man, because to me, it's sort of their de facto home, right? So the fact that there's two games in London now versus teams coming over that aren't necessarily used to that whole thing, I think it's a huge advantage for them. Oh, yeah. And if I'm a fan, first off, you know, Jacks, if I'm a fan in London, I should say, and I'm going to the game, and I know I might be able to see two games first off i think it's only like 30 35 minutes it's it's literally i think if i'm not mistaken um they play in tottenham which is uh in the northeast corner of london and then um for week one and then the second week they come back to wembley which is in the southwest corner i think it's only about 30 35 minutes away i mean if i'm an nfl fan i'm going to both of those games and guess what i'm a jacksonville fan now right because you get to see back-to-back games you get to root for the same team um so you know i expect one of those games if not both of those games to have some fireworks right they play the falcons Falcons offense should be, you know, possibly improved with Bijan and um, Drake London there and and Kyle Pitts and the Bills. I mean, for sure, um, there should be a lot of points. So uh, that should be interesting. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I think, the you know, kind of the sky's the limit for Jacksonville uh, this year. I mean, there's a lot of outside expectations, I think, now um, because they they did bring in Ridley and and they they did look good last year and they're in a division where they can certainly win. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Jacksonville um, kind of progresses this year and see if they can kind of take it to the next level. Yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, this was a team that was one win away from the AFC Championship game last year, a year after having back-to-back number one picks. So just going back to the whole Doug Peterson thing, I mean, the previous four seasons before he was there, this was their win total. Five, six, one, and three. Right. So we're talking 15 combined wins in four seasons. And then Doug Peterson comes in and has the one win away from the championship game. And then they improve upon that uh, this year, adding Calvin Ridley, which I know some people are talking about, but I don't think they're talking about it enough. He apparently looks terrific in um, in uh, training camp. Their point differential last year, Wags, was plus 54. For comparison purposes within the, the division specifically, the other three teams, and I know we'll talk about these numbers when we talk about those teams minus 138 for the Colts minus 61 for the Titans and minus 131 for Houston so this nine wins last year was absolutely no joke right on par with with those numbers 21st ranked ranked strength of schedule for from uh for Jacksonville with 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 my numbers so bottom half strength of schedule there plus five in turnovers last year uh the one thing that I think that they need to improve is red zone efficiency both offensively and defensively they were 25th in terms of allowing touchdowns once the other team got into the red zone and just 17th in scoring touchdowns once they entered the red zone themselves and i think that's a number especially on offense that's that that absolutely going to improve uh with trevor lawrence and his um third year here with with another year under his belt so certainly big things for the jags the market thinks so this 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 over has gotten hit. Division numbers have gotten hit. Conference and Super Bowl numbers on the Jags. So certainly, yeah. I, 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 I was I was just going to add. You know, all that those those good things about the Jags combined with the three other teams who are potentially fairly weak. You know, six and a half, seven and a half, six and a half win totals for those three. A lot to like about this Jaguars team. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. One thing to add, which um, you know could be uh, interesting for betters out there, Jacksonville in their last fifteen games against the Colts, twelve two and one they against own them. the spread. Yes, yeah. and they play them week one. Yep, exactly. At Indy with Anthony Richardson making his uh, professional debut, so should be a good one. Should be a good one. All right, that is the Jags. We move along, Wags, to the Tennessee Titans, a team that has been favored to win this division historically over the years. Not so much this year. We'll get into this, but just some question marks as far as the direction that the team is going. With Tennessee Titans, win total 7.5, minus 125 on the over, plus 105 if you want to go under that number. Division number, plus 350, as I said, to win the conference. Huge number now, 55-1 to to go to the Super Bowl. To win the Super Bowl, eighty to one on the Titans team. Wags, obviously Ryan Tannehill for now, as of taping today, still the quarterback there. However, this is a team that's drafted a quarterback in the last two drafts: Malik Willis and Will Levis. Uh, it's like question mark if uh, if uh, Malik Willis is even going to make a team at this point. Will, will Levis obviously will, but uh, trade talks with Tannehill last year of his contract probably not going to be there next year. They bring in DeAndre Hopkins, which is great, big name. It kind of reminded me when I first saw the news of them bringing in Julio a couple years ago. Obviously, on the tail end of his career, hasn't played much in the last two years because of off-the-field stuff. And um, it's just – and then you had the whole Derrick Henry running back situation going on over the last month. Just a lot of moving parts for this Titans team. Uh, So I certainly can understand the win total and understand why they are no longer the favorites to win this division. Yeah, no doubt. and. One thing to note, I think last year, um, due to ankle injuries to Tannehill and whatnot, Tennessee had to start Josh uh, Josh Dobbs in in one of those games. Um, yeah, I think it was actually possibly the division title game on in Week 18, if I'm not mistaken. So, I believe that's correct. Um, you know, but but it goes actually goes to show you how you know Tennessee last year um, was in the mix, right? As far as you know, potentially. Con- competing for uh that division and possibly could have won it so um that's that's i don't know kind of a a good nugget to kind of take into this year is because there's very little expectations on this team and i think it kind of bodes well for them in 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 a little bit you know vrabel gets to to play with a little chip on his shoulder um yeah i think Tannehill, as you mentioned might be on a shortish leash with um their second round pick will levis right behind them um so yeah, they started seven and three last year before Tannehill was hurt. So um, I think Vrabel's a solid coach. He's proven himself over the last six years. Sure. Um, they have a great running back in Derrick Henry, and he'll run. I think until he just can't anymore. Um, you know, and he he proves to everybody that he he's still kind of got it. He added a little bit of receiving in his game uh, last year, which I think had to do with the fact that their offensive line was garbage. And they really had to dump it off quickly to him. So, um, and then once he started to catch the ball a little bit, they threw, they they got some confidence in him and and kind of dumping it off a little bit more. Um, but their their offensive lines, you know, kind of was a disaster last year. They did some overhaul in the offensive line. I still think they're going to be one of the worst offensive lines in the league. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. The good news is Derrick Henry's an absolute tank. So even with a, a kind of lousy offensive line, he, you know, he's he's able to push through the pile a little bit, get some yards. Um, but will they be able to protect their quarterback if it's Tannehill or, a you know, young Will Levis or, or you know, whoever it may be, um, they're going to be in some trouble there. Uh, but what's going to keep this team in games, I believe, is their stellar defense. I mean, they were solid last year. They were great on third down conversion percentage. They uh, suffered a lot of injuries, and they were still able to be ranked 14th in the league. Um, they only gave up 21.1 points per game. Uh, so, you know, kind of a, a, a case of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, with an offense who struggles and, you know, with a subpar at best offensive line and a defense that succeeds because of their defensive line. So um, I'm, I'm I'm a little nervous, uh, but I'm probably more bullish than most on the Titans this year. And, and frankly, due to their week schedule, I have them, mm-hmm. uh, their schedule ranked 29th. Yep. At a 24th. So yeah, we're okay, in the same yeah. ballpark. Yep. yep. So um, yeah, I mean, with that, I, I think they could be successful and, and Vrabel, you know, typically gets a lot out of his players. So 
we'll see. It's definitely one of those teams that I have a, a, a closer eye on because I'm, I'm really curious to see how the offensive line pans out because they did bring in some new guys. And if this defense could kind of step up and how the quarterback play pans out with Tannehill or, or one of these young guys. Yeah, I mean, we're only two years removed from Mike Vrabel winning coach of the year, right? When they were the number one seed, 50 and 34 straight up is Mike Vrabel in his five years at Tennessee. So well, certainly not a guy man. that I like I to like... bet against. Yeah, yeah, no, he's aggressive. I think, you no, know, you know, you asked me 10 years ago if this guy had a place in the NFL, maybe 15 years ago, I'd say, look, no, like that's not where we are. And this is where we are, right? The aggressive coaches seem to be, you know, not only what the fans want, but, um, you know, analytics you can laugh at it scoff at it whatever data is king and and you know he he goes by the data and he's not scared to go for it absolutely as i mentioned i have them ranked as the 20 with the 24th most difficult strength of schedule so certainly on the easier side which will be the common theme for this division because they all get to play each other uh minus 61 in point differential last year so right around where they were seven wins minus three turnover differential usually wags so they won seven games last year the year before they won 12 oftentimes when you see that you want to go the other way meaning they'll revert back to where they were the previous year so you know you'd be betting the over this year and the number certainly is doable if you think that they can surpass last year's number because it's only at seven and a half it's just a situation where for me i think you and i might slightly disagree on this team i i just can't get there yet not knowing kind of the direction that the team is going to be take, taking because they have all these guys on expiring contracts. You mentioned the O-line. They got rid of uh, tackle Taylor Luan, who's been there for nine years. Uh, he had a couple of uh, ACL surgeries, so he's gone now. It's just difficult for me to gauge where this team is going. But to, to play an under in this division with this team, I mean, the, with, with, with this coach, with that strength of schedule, at this number, if it was, you know, eight, nine and a half, where it normally has been over the past years, that's one thing. The market is is speaking to where they are sort of unknown on this team right now because the talent's there. The direction that the GM and the team wants to go is certainly unknown. So seven and a half right now for the Titans is certainly a very interesting number. Moving along, halfway through the division, we are now on to the Indianapolis Colts wags. Big news yesterday, obviously, Anthony Richardson, not only starting preseason games, starting week one. They already announced their week one starter uh, for the uh, Jacksonville game, which was interesting. Colts win total six and a half, minus 120 on the over, plus 100 if you want to go under that. To win the division, six to one. To win the conference, 70 to one. And if you think, Wags, Anthony Richardson can win the Super Bowl in his first year, you can have a Colts ticket in your pocket for 150 to 1. Obviously, new coach, new regime. First-year head coach Shane Steichen comes over. Uh, he served as OC for the Eagles and will be calling plays as well. So that's something to note. A lot of off-season stuff, man. The Jonathan Taylor thing. Who knows what's going to happen with that? They're threatening to put him on the you know inactive list so he won't get paid. Anthony Richardson comes in, new head coach. Just a lot of moving parts here for this for this Colts team. A lot going on. Yeah, look, Anthony Richardson was named the starter. Um, you know, just minute, you know, basically minutes ago, right? Um, yesterday, and Jonathan Taylor wants out, right? Like you mentioned, so not really a place you want to be if you're a Colts fan. Um, you know, I think what I do like on paper, though, and I, and and I'll go back real quick and talk about Anthony Richardson. He wasn't even good in college, right? right. I mean, he, and he now he's starting things. in the NFL nine months later. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. He's got an arm. He's got legs, right? He can he can move, um, and he can make plays. But um, as far as accuracy accuracy is concerned, I mean, he's 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 just not good. We saw that in college. He he wasn't even that good in college. And um, you know, frankly, like I can understand why. You know, there are certain teams, you know, that were a quarterback, I should say certain quarterbacks that are highly touted or on not so great teams. I mean, this guy was on the Gators. I mean, they had potential. They had a good defense and he couldn't really do much with them. So, um, you know, I think what I like on paper here is their offensive line on paper. Okay. They're rated 10th overall, but last year they struggled tremendously with you know a very similar offensive line. We'll see if this offensive line can bank bounce back, um, and if they're able to, you know, not only and and Jonathan Taylor does come back and play. That's you know, a big if. A, yeah, that's know, a huge. Yeah. Oh, a yeah. Huge Who right? knows what they're going to do with that um, owner? With I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get there for the Colts fans sure, that, sure, that sure. exist, right? So 
let's say Jonathan Taylor comes back, the offensive line plays well, you have now a potential running quarterback who can make some plays, look downfield, and and if he can hit his receivers, um, you know, that that's phenomenal. On the weak side of this whole thing and this whole situation, I can't get past their weak wide receiving core, right? You have Michael Pittman, who's their number one, but he's not a top guy. He would be a number two and not even a great number two on, on any of these teams. Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie, these are your starting receiving court. I mean, oh, Ali Cox, baby, tight end. Yeah, he's. I think he's their backup, who I love. I mean, I th- I love Mo Ali Cox. I mean, the guy is an absolute. I think you and I, when I saw him play at VCU in the uh, in the tournament, he was on the basketball yeah, team. Yep, so yeah, he was. <laughs> we've seen him. He's he's an absolute man mountain of a of a human. Um, but look, uh, that's it. I mean, and and if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play, who's there? Zach Moss, Evan Hull. I mean, Zach Moss couldn't even really get on the field at Buffalo. Um, yep. You know, why is he going to be better at, uh, on Indy? And, and they just drafted this guy, Evan Hull, out of Northwestern. Deion Jackson's there, but he's not having a great camp. So, um, yeah, I can't really get behind the Colts' offense. Their defense was okay. Um, they gave up twenty-five points, uh, over 25 points a game last year. Um but that had a lot to do with the fact how many turnovers they had on offense. Um, they led the Colts going back to their offense, led the league with 20 interceptions thrown. Um, they fumbled eight times. They gave up eight fumbles. Their defense was constantly on the field, which again led to potential misleading stats. So I think their defense is pretty good, pretty solid. But I mean, if you can't score points and you're going to be turning over the ball, um, it's going to be a huge issue. The good news, their schedule for me, I have them ranked 30th out of 32. Um, Very easy. Look at that. We finally uh, finally matched. <laughs> finally matched. Yeah, <laughs> they have nine and a half home games. They play New England and Frankfurt, Germany. Um, they have away games against Houston, Carolina, Tennessee, and Atlanta. Um, and again, I guess, you know, trying to get back to the positive. If the offensive line can play well, like they should, and not, Jonathan Taylor plays, and Richardson's able to make some plays with his legs and, you know, maybe hit some guys open on, on some like, you know, extended plays because he's getting out of the pocket. They got an, they got a shot, but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so, not so bullish on the Colts this year, though. I will say the schedule and that number being so low, I might take a look. Tempting. Take a, tempting? Take, yeah, it's tempting. It's a little, little sprinkle, sprinkle. I might, I might might look at that over to be honest. I, it's 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 hard to say over with this team to be honest. I just I don't know. Wags, do you know what team? <laughs> do you know what team last year had the worst turnover differential in the NFL? Uh, I have a feeling you're going to tell me it's Indy. <laughs> I'm going to say it's the Colts minus thirteen turnover differential, which is a massive number. Yeah. And obviously, Matt Ryan is not very good. He's in the booth now, but. They were ranked last in the league with turnovers. They averaged two turnovers a game. And they didn't get many to to lower that that net number either. So that's that. I expect positive regression there, although with Anthony Richardson, it's hard to expect that that number is going to improve that much. So that's a thing. Uh, Minus 138-point differential, which was the highest in the division, the highest in the entire conference. So that's that as well. four-win team last year. The year before, they were a nine-win team. So they definitely regressed last year. A big thing that's being underreported, I think, is they lose linebacker Bobby Okereke, uh, who was their second leading tackler last year. So obviously on the field, big locker room guy as well. So that's there. As far as Anthony Richardson and futures, I, I wanted to to talk about this because I've, I've kind of been looking around secondary markets. DraftKings has a really good secondary market as far as leading, you know, rookie rushers, leading rookie passers, et cetera, Um, total interceptions, all that good stuff. If The fact that Anthony Richardson has been named the week one starter is big for me on some of the the markets that include rushing, right? So if you want to take, you know, the the rookie to have the the most rushing yards, obviously B. John Robinson right now is a massive favorite, as he should be. He's going to be the the bell call for the Falcons. Say that he goes down, say something happens there. Anthony Richardson is going to be using his legs a lot, okay? Especially, I think, as his passing, um, or I'll say his, his lack of passing experience comes into play. He's going to be, you know, getting out of the pocket, running a lot. So take a look at that. Take a look at to lead the league in interceptions. 
not only for rookies but for quarterbacks. Say that he plays, say that he stays healthy and they stick with him and he plays 17 games. That number is going to be very, very live. So I've I've kind of been waiting for them to announce their uh, their quarterback situation, knowing now that he's going to be the guy. Assuming he doesn't get hurt or he's just awful to where they have to bench him, take a look at some of those futures for quarterbacks, both on the rookie side and the entire NFL when it comes to Anthony Richardson. Yeah, right now, most regular season in interceptions thrown, not just for rookies, but in the NFL, Richardson is um, eighth on the list. Number one, Dak Prescott, 10 to 1. Um, I'm just going to do single digits this year. Yeah, well, we shall see. I mean, he loses Kellen Moore. That probably helps because Kellen Moore was a. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Kellen Moore. Don't get me wrong, and, and I'll talk. A but he's, bit he about passes that. a but lot. He, he's yeah. a heavy passer, and he pushes the ball downfield. So we sure shall see that. how that goes. Yeah. So take a look at those Anthony Richardson futures across all markets. Now that we know that he's the guy. Last team in the division wags the Houston Texans. Win total six and a half plus one ten if you want to go over minus one thirty if you want to go under that numbers at DraftKings to win the division eight to one they are the fourth shot to win the conference one hundred to one two hundred to one two hundred to one if you think Domingo Ryan's in his first year is going to be winning the Super Bowl with the Houston Texans here's my thing with the Texans wags first year coach first year quarterback. Lots going on. Lots of moving parts. This was a team last year that won three games. The year before, they won four games. Uh, and the year before that, they won four games as well. So you have a win total of six and a half. So they have to double their win total from last year, plus one, to go over that number. 26 as far as strength of schedule. So obviously a fairly easy schedule compared to the rest of the league. Minus 131 point differential and only minus one in turnover. So... The fact that they only won three games and only had minus one in turnovers is a fairly interesting stat as well. Uh, any thoughts from you on the Houston Texans here going into the year with this win total? Yeah, interesting side note. Um, I had a job about 15 years ago, and my boss um, he was telling me a story about how his brother was the offensive coordinator for the, I think it was for the Packers and the Redskins at the time. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, Well, it turns out, well, that guy's son, so my old boss's nephew, is now the new offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. As I think he's like 36 years old. Very interesting. Bobby Bobby Slowick. Yes. So uh, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. If you look up uh, Bob Slowick, who I think is now in the Canadian Football League, you'll see his history. So um, Bobby Slowick comes over with D'Amico Ryans from San Fran. Um, and that'll be a nice journey uh, for him. So I was actually talking to my old boss the other day um, and getting a little bit of insight on the Texans. And um, basically his sentiments were, were the same that I started with is, I hope they give D'Amico and your nephew a long rope mm. uh, to kind of get comfortable, you know, two, three years uh, at least. Um, because yeah, this, this first year is going to be probably pretty tough. And again, they, they, uh, I really liked, um, you know, that, that they brought in an off new offensive line coach, uh, Chris Strausser from the Colts. Um, but before, you know, the, I, I was very up on them. I, I don't, I don't have a rank that high, but I think their, their ceiling was higher. I thought they could maybe get to a, a pretty legit offensive line from maybe somewhere around like. 20th, 21st, all the way up into the the low teens. Um, but Titus Howard got injured. He hurt his hand. He might, he might be back by week one. Um, so that'll be good. Um, you know, I think, but you know, he might miss some time. Um, yeah, look, uh, you know, I think they're going to rely heavily on the run game here in Houston. I think Damian Pierce is going to get uh, a, a huge workload for them. Um, obviously, you know, they bring in C.J. Stroud. He's going to be a rookie. I think they're going to want to ease him in a little bit and not really kind of get after it right away. Um, it'll be, you know, it, it'll, there'll be some growing pains. I think, what do they have, Davis Mills there uh, still as well? Yeah, man. I mean, there's technically a competition between Mills and Stroud. So. Yeah, so, I mean, again, I wouldn't even be shocked if David Mil- Davis Mills gets, you know, the nod no. and, and, and then C.J. Stroud comes in. He looked I pretty think, bad in week one preseason. I'm talking about yeah, Stroud. Yeah, Stroud, exactly. Yeah, I, I watched that too. So, um, you know, uh, and I think it goes, 
you have to build these quarterbacks confidence up in in, in such a way right. if you're trying to make them the franchise quarterback because you know if, if their ego gets hurt you know early um their confidence goes down and, 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 you know, it's tough for them to recover. Um, but going back to Damian Pierce, I think he's going to get a huge workload. They did br- bring in um, Singletary from Buffalo, but, you know, frankly, I don't think it's going to matter that much. Uh, they're going to run the rock, run it off. And I think they're going to try to um, rely a little bit on their defense, who should be much improved. They traded up in the draft to get Will Anderson, um, who's an absolute phenom. And, and I think his skills will, will transfer to the NFL pretty well. Um, their secondary is a pretty solid unit as well. Um, so I, I think they're just going to need to be more competitive against the run. Last year, ranked dead last. I think they gave up 170-plus yards a game, if I'm not mistaken. Let me go check this. Yeah, 170.2 last in the NFL against the run. They're going to have to really um, sure up that defensive line. They did bring in a couple of guys, so we'll see if you know how far that goes. And again, they're under this new regime with D'Amico Ryan, so um, hopefully they have some sort of runway there where you know Houston could um, kind of fail early and ramp up, you know, over maybe the next year or two, um, and see how D'Amico Ryan's kind of can turn this club around. Because if you remember, um, who was in there before, basically gave away draft picks like it was Lovey. candy. Um. Yeah, it was just oh, Bill just, O'Brien. No, Bill just, O'Brien. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bill yeah. O'Brien. So yes, Bill he O'Brien did. running that team like you know, I don't even know. It was just like, an absolute like he's playing Madden, just giving away so, picks to get guys for the year. Here's my expectation and my thoughts: Houston will likely get the number one draft pick, and they will likely trade down if C- if they think CJ Stroud's their guy because a lot of people are going to want to trade up to get that Caleb Williams at number 1. Oof. Yeah, they can get a a haul for the number yes, 1 pick this year exactly. if they get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um the the wide receivers to me are interesting. They they got they traded Brandon Cooks. He was their only deep threat at the time. Robert Woods is there. Hopefully John Mechie can come back fully healthy after really that inspirational battle from um from leukemia. So that's been an ongoing thing for them as well. So uh, we'll see just, just a lot of moving parts for this team this year. And um, as I mentioned, six and a half is the number three was the number last year. So that's a double that plus one. If they go over this number, all right, Wags, that is the AFC South halfway through the pod here. We are going to be starting the AFC West. If you guys have two seconds, we really appreciate those five-star reviews. Just click the fifth star button on the pod on the very bottom there. Um, and they definitely help us grow and help us help us get, get the word out. So we certainly do appreciate that. If you want to leave a nice review, those are always nice too. So thank you guys for that. We definitely do appreciate it. All right, Wags, AFC West final division within this conference. Here are the numbers on the West, the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs minus 165 favorites to win the division to repeat. Chargers plus 340. Denver plus 550. And the Las Vegas Raiders pulling up the rear 12 to 1 to beat out three other teams and win this division. We'll start with the Chiefs Wags. Here are their numbers. Win total 11.5 minus 140. If you want to go over plus 120 on the under to win the division, minus 165 to win the conference. They are the favorites plus 350 this year and to win the Super Bowl. They are the favorites as well. They are the favorites to repeat six to one on this Kansas City Chiefs team. If you want to repeat, Wags, Patrick Mahomes has never gone under his season win total as a starter for the Chiefs. He is 64 and 18 in the regular season since becoming a starter and quarterback in 2018. An interesting number there. Um, your thoughts generally on the Kansas City Chiefs are going into the year. Yeah, honestly, I don't have much to say about the Chiefs. I mean, they're good. They're, they're damn good. Uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, they lose some receivers, you know, they lost Ty- Tyreek Hill a couple of years ago. And, you know, guess what? That team led the league in passing yards, led the league in total yards. Um, they lose Juju this year, but have Sky Moore. They bring in Kadarius Tony, who, again, who knows, you know, if that guy's going to stay healthy and what he's even going to do off the field that gets him in trouble and he's only going to play a handful of games. Who knows? Or maybe he's on the field and, um, you know, this guy is kind of that high risk, high reward player in, in fantasy. Cause if he could stay on the healthy and he stays on the field, Kadarius Tony could be, you know, a, a top probably five wide receiver yep. in, in, in fantasy. But um, again, 
there, there's a lot of red flags there. Mar- Marquez Valdez Gantling. I mean, the guy's a, a baller. He can play. I mean, he's been around. He's been around the league. He doesn't get a ton of kind of accolades, but he he knows his role. He plays it well, um, and, and he should be. And then they have all of those gems to go alongside all world Travis Kelsey. I mean, the guy's an absolute beast. Almost, you know, one of the best, if not maybe cemented himself as the best tight end to ever play. I mean, he's certainly in the conversation. Um, And I talk all about this offense and you might say, well, what about their offensive line? Surely they can't have a good offensive line ranked third on my charts. They are the number Mm -hmm. three offensive line in the NFL. So um, this chiefs team is going to do some damage again and again and again on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I'm not sure how how much defense even matters because they're going to be that good. But just um, outscore guys, yeah, exactly. I, I kind of kid, but defensively, they ranked second in the NFL with 55 sacks last year. Chris Jones, 15 and a half in him, probably the biggest. He had 15 and a half sacks last year. Probably the biggest reason he's currently holding out. Um, personally, I don't think it's going to go much longer. I think the Chiefs will pay them, pay him. I think they offered him a ton of money. Um, I think they're still having those conversations um, and we'll see if they, you know, assuming that's the case because I did this right up a couple of days ago, but, and I haven't seen much on it. Um, we'll see how they manage to settle this and move on. If not, and they can't, that's a definitely a huge hole to fill. And, and, you know, that might actually, he's that important of a player where it might cause some concern, Schedule wise, twelfth hardest, um, you know, so not terribly too hard for like the Chiefs, um, but they do have three tough games: the Eagles, the Bills, and the Bengals. And guess what? They get them all at home. So um, I, th- I have on you know on my schedule that they will be pr- um, favorites in all seventeen games yep. this year. Yeah, yeah, which is huge. Obviously, an eleven and a half win total in your favor in all seventeen games. My, I have them fifth as far as strength of schedule, so a little bit more difficult. Plus 127 last year as far as point differential, which is good for second in the AFC, only behind the Bills. Minus three in turnovers. You mentioned the O-line. They allowed Orlando Brown Jr. to walk uh, in the offseason. But look, they bring in uh, tackle Jawan Taylor. Four years, $80 million. So they're expecting big things from him. So maybe that'll have an effect. We'll see. Probably not a huge thing. Um, But, I mean, look, Wags, this is the second year in a row that the – uh, that they have to replace their leading receiver. You know, Juju left. Uh, but the bigger thing for me, along with, and, you know, those kind of minor changes that, that I just mentioned is Eric Bieniemy is no longer there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Washington. They replaced him with Matt Nagy. We saw what Matt Nagy did in, in Chicago. Not, not too as great. As a head coach. As a, as a head coach. Exactly right. As a head coach. And I, I do want to point in, I, and I, you know, I know this kind of goes around, uh, against you, in a sense, because I, I I hear it in your voice and 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 whatnot, but Nagy is a product of of Reed of Andy Reed, so absolutely, um, which yeah, enemy might be as well. He might fail in Washington. Yes, I mean apparently he's a little too intense over there. Apparently, and apparently yeah. the head coach wants everyone to know it. Yeah, exactly. So very strange. Anyway. Very strange, but yeah, no, sorry, sorry for interrupting on no. that one. But no, 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 you're right. Yeah. Hey, the Eric Bieniemy thing. I think could be big, could be big. But that said, Andy Reid is still there. Patrick Mahomes is still there. And Travis Kelsey is still there. Last I checked. Right. So. Yes. That's why you have an 11 and a half win total juice to minus 140. So they're expecting 12 wins from a team that's favored in all 17 games. There you go. Denver Broncos wags moving along in Whoa, the West. Broncos. We're skipping the Chargers. We're not skipping the Chargers. We're not. We got to. I gotta, skip the Chargers. Can't skip the Chargers, man. That's that's a that's a that's a big team right now. I'm just so pumped about the Broncos this year, man. Hey, there's a lot of people that are pumped. A about lot the Char- of people pumped. The Chargers but in the meantime, and the Broncos. Yes. yes. In the meantime, can't can't forget Justin Herbert and my guy, my guy, guy? Brandon Staley, who, baby. Who are, who, our, Mr. Uh, Fourth our, Down. Our our group our group text with our with <laughs> oh our boys. My and, God. Uh, all right, here we go. Yes, I accidentally skipped the Chargers. I was so excited to talk about Sean Payton and Denver, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we go in order of division favorites. So here we go, Wags. Chargers, 9.5, minus 120 on the over, plus 100 if you want to go under division, plus 340 right behind the Chiefs. Not right behind, but behind them. Conference, 13-1 to on the Chargers. The Super Bowl, Wags, 25-1 to if you think 
Justin Herbert can lead the Chargers to the Super Bowl. Look, he got that big money, highest paid player in the NFL for now until Joe Burrow signs his contract extension. Uh, they fired Joe Lombardi as OC. They bring in Kellen Moore from Dallas, the guy that we talked about talked about earlier. Uh, Ten starters returning on offense, so the offense should be good. But you know who also returns for the team wags? The coach. And that's a thing, especially if you saw what happened in the playoffs last year. So your thoughts, Wags, on this Los Angeles Chargers team heading into the year? San Diego. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Kellen Moore, man, I I love the hire. Um, I think when, you know, Herbert was drafted, I was super high on him. But, you know, that offense that he he came into was super boring and conservative. And um, I think bringing Kellen Moore back into the mix, or not back into the mix, but into the mix, gets them a lot more aggressive. I th- he was the force behind the Cowboys' lethal offense for several years, pushing the ball down the field, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I think it's a perfect fit for a quarterback who can throw, has an arm, can run a little bit when needed. Um, you know, I, I think the hope for both Moore and Herbert is that their wide receivers can stay healthy because that's been an issue. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, you know, these guys are, are really good receivers, but they've been hurt and they can – you know, kind of not just one time, they, they constantly get hurt. So I think if these two guys can stay healthy and they add in Quinton Johnson into the mix, who was drafted at a TCU, a huge vertical threat, um, which is key in, in the um, Kellen Moore offenses, uh, they're going to be dangerous. Um, you know, and guess what? They have Austin Eckler, who basically kind of took the league by storm, a little five nine back out of where? Western State. Um, you know, 17 the, the, touchdowns last year. Yeah, the guys in fantasy. 18, 18. Yeah. yeah. Guys an guys an absolute fantasy um stud. But I will say this. They get Kellen Moore, they get more aggressive. I don't see I think Eckler's gonna be successful. Don't get me wrong, but I don't see him getting a lot of as many, I should say, dump offs and and short passes than he that he has been in the past. I still think he's a great back. I you know, can he stay healthy? That's another thing we shall see on defense. Again, injuries all over this team. This team was injury riddled um, last year. Kid couldn't catch a break. Joey Bosa, JC Jackson, both hurt. Their rush defenses uh, was almost as bad as, as the Texans that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Gave up 170 yards. The Chargers D gave up 146 yards in the ground. We're ranked 28th against the run. Um, and if you think you know, injuries are just dumb luck or, you know, this team or, you know, and you think this team will be healthy this year. Um, you know, I think you could certainly kind of take a flyer on them. I personally really like the Chargers this year. I like the moves they made getting Kellen Moore. As you can tell, I'm excited about the team, but they do have quite the schedule. Obviously, they have to play Kansas City twice. They draw games at Minnesota, Dallas, at the Jets, who's good, who are good this year, Detroit. Um, never thought I'd mention Detroit in mm-hmm. a tough game, but here we are. Um, Baltimore at New England. And, you know, again, in New England, not that great, but having to travel across the country on the road in New Three England. Three-point game, yeah. 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 As in, far as in, the spread. By yeah. the way, in December. Um, exactly. You know, uh, Cold, warm ends, weather going to cold weather cross country. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That ends Three, up being three a, points at most. Yep. Exactly. That ends up being a thing. Um, and then they have Buffalo at home. Um, you know, I have them with the third toughest schedule in the league. Um, I have them sixth. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And they, look, they have, I think they have the talent to keep up with the chiefs. Um, but you know, and the end of the, you know, it, 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 we'll see, you know, the NFL is built around parody. Having a very tough schedule like this is going to be pretty tough. Um, you know, I hope this team for a, NFL optics and and being a fan makes the playoffs because I think they're you know they they can certainly be that team that gets in as a wild card because their schedule is tough but they end up making a run um, I wouldn't be surprised but as you mentioned earlier Coach Staley will he be the one who kind of shoots them in the foot or can he get over the hump and actually coach Wags I feel like not only us but people every year. I like the Chargers. I like them on paper, which is 100% true and accurate, and I agree with it every single year. But at a certain point, it's it's you, right? <laughs> at a certain point, it's the team. It's the culture. It's the owner. It's the chargering. It's the coach. Like, at a certain point, you just have to say, okay, show it to me first. And that's kind of where I'm at with, with this Chargers team. Very difficult schedule this year, as we mentioned, both top 10 
Uh, they were only plus seven last year in terms of point differential, so outperformed their metrics a bit with those 10 wins. Plus five in turnovers, which will probably regress as well. So all three things pointing down yeah. a little bit. Obviously, Justin Herbert has a lot to do with that because he's he's really, really good. So that number, I, I understand why the number is what it is. You mentioned the wide receivers and their health. Wags, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have played 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 just 43 snaps together the first 10 weeks of last season. Okay. And we saw what happened with Mike Williams specifically at the end of the year when uh, Brandon Saley decided to play all his guys in a meaningless game. I believe it was, it was at Denver week 18 gets hurt. Right. So that's a thing. So look, these guys are great, but if you're not playing, you're not great. You're as good as, as, as anyone else. So I get why it's nine and a half. On paper, they should go over this number, but between the, the division that they're in, the teams they have to play, and the whole charging thing, which I think mentally has just become a thing for them, uh, especially late in the year, it's a pass for me right now. Um, but yeah, look, on paper, arguably the second best team in the entire league, in, in, not, in, in, not in the league, in the entire conference. So a lot to like about this Chargers team for sure on paper. Yeah, no doubt. All right, moving along now. Now it is time, Wags, for the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, led Denver Broncos. Here we go. Eight and a half is the win total, minus one ten flat, both sides. Division plus five fifty. Conference thirty to one to win the Super Bowl. Wags forty five to one. And that's interesting because oftentimes you see the conference and the Super Bowl odds kind of double, right? So if teams thirty to one to win the conference, or you know, usually not usually often 60, 65 to one to win the Super Bowl. The reason I think that this is not that it's 30 to win the conference and 45 to win the Super Bowl is because of the unknown with Russell Wilson. If they're out there winning conferences or sorry, winning the conference, winning the division, perhaps that means Russ is back. So they don't want to necessarily have that liability out there. of People kind of bypassing the division, bypassing conference odds and just going straight to the Super Bowl. Because if you're playing the over on the win total, if you're buying the division, if you're buying Denver on the conference, you're buying that Russell Wilson is going to be back. Sean Payton's going to turn him around. So you're probably taking a Super Bowl bet anyway. So that's why that number is a bit deflated versus what it normally would be on some other teams. Um, interesting numbers on, on Denver's strength of schedule. I have them 10th. So I actually have them as the easiest strength of schedule in this entire division. Minus 72 last year. Point differential. Obviously, that had a lot to do with their head coach, who's now with the Jets. And they were all actually only minus one turnover differential. Any thoughts, Wags, on the Denver Broncos headed into the year here from you? Yeah, look, I think they did everything in their power to kind of get back on track by hiring Sean Payton. Um, you know, I think they have the money, right? Um, they, that ownership. Walmart has, money, baby. Yeah, exactly. Un limited funds um that walton family money is endless so um i think that's the first step in the right direction being five and 12 last year um look the only way you know in, in the broncos heads and their fans is up from there right um so it's a case do you believe that this hot shot highly paid quarterback last year russell wilson basically got out of his head, you know, cause certainly you saw him kind of all these publicity stunts, he's dressed up, he's, you know, um, I forget exactly what his saying was, but he had some sort of saying that was just, oh, he's, you know, cook, what was it? He was cooking. Russ is cooking, baby. Russ is cooking. Like, get, like, all of that <laughs> is just way, way, way too much. I, you know, hopefully some of the videos and the memes out, out there for him are just absolutely are cringe. Um, look, he got paid, we all saw him act a fool, and I think his play was awful because of it. I think he, you know it was all to his head, and he thought he was hot shit, and and he he probably didn't do anything in the off season other than like enjoy all the money that he made. Um, they were last, last in the NFL, thirty two out of thirty two with scoring seventeen points a game. Um, they were also last in third down conversion percentage, 29th in completion percentage, and 26th overall in turnovers. Um, you know, look, Sean Payton has success with quarterbacks. And, you know, I think that he can certainly take Russell Wilson to kind of the, all the like all the way back to when we remember him being good and why he got paid. They have the same weapons, Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton. You know, the question is, are, you know, are those guys issues or is it Russell Wilson or is it a mixture of both? I think both of those receivers are very good from the tape that I watch. Um, and, and they added Marvin Mims in the draft who um, will 
now have to step in likely to, uh, you know, potentially at, at least, because I don't think he's having a great camp, but um, with what's his name, Patrick getting hurt, Tim Patrick. Um, yeah. I, I think that he's got some weapons and he, they could be good. Um, they should have a solid running game with a top 15, maybe even a top offensive top 10 offensive line. They bring in Mike McGlinchey from San Fran. They bring in Ben, ben powers from Baltimore. Javante Williams could be back somewhat miraculously after tearing his ACL and LCL in his right knee last year. So um yeah, I mean, I think the offense has the talent. It's going to be all eyes on Russ and Sean Payton, and what can they do? And on defense, they bring back Vance Joseph to run the group. Um, I think they should have a very good group this year. Um, let me see uh, what other notes I have here. Um, oh, yeah, Patrick Sertan Jr. and Justin Simmons on the back end. I mean, these guys are two of the best, um, it, it, you know, in the market, right? Like, these guys are it. Um yeah, I think they were seventh overall in D when it came to total yards per game, second overall in third down percentage, conversion percentage. Um, otherwise, they were in the middle of the pack, and frankly, that's because their offense struggled all last year. Um, schedule, uh, you said, what do you have at 12th? I have Denver at 10, easiest in the division. Yep, I, I have them uh, as well at 10. You know, easiest in the division, still tough, um, but asking them to make a leap from five – to nine and a half, right? Or nine. Where, yeah, it's eight nine, and a half, so they have to win nine. So five to nine, it's asking a lot, but mm-hmm. if anyone can do it, it's Sean Payton. And, you know, Russell Wilson goes back to his old self. They're, I think, almost easily an eight-win eight team and, yep. you know, potentially get to the nine, nine wins. I, I, uh, I need to see more. I need to hear more. I need to, you know, talk to my sources who are at those camps a little bit more, see how Russ is performing and practice, see how Javante Williams is kind of coming back. Cause all the, what I've been hearing is all positive from Javante Williams. It's, yep, it's, same. Um, so he could be back week one, which would be incredible and, and possibly even play in the preseason. Absolutely agree with all that. Uh, the Mike McGlinchey thing is big for me as well. You know, Wag, Sean Payton has never had a double digit loss season as a head coach. But Denver's lost at least 10 games in five of the last six years, which is pretty amazing. So something has to give there. His first season uh, as Saints head coach, they were 3-13 and 13 the, the year prior to him getting there, 10-6 and six in his first year. So seven-win turnaround there in his first year. We'll see what he can do with, with uh, Russell Wilson taking over for Nathaniel Hackett. All right, last team in the division wags, the Las Vegas Raiders. Here we go. Six and a half win total plus 110 on the over minus 130. If you want to go under on the Raiders to win the division, 12 to one to win the conference, 40 to one to win the Super Bowl. One of the longest shots on the board, 80 to one wags, new quarterback, Jimmy G comes in, Josh McDaniels. I look from a coaching perspective. I mean, at what point, right, with Josh McDaniels, are these guys going to realize he's probably not the best head coach? We saw what happened when he went to Denver. He had the whole Colts, Colts fiasco. Maybe another year, maybe two. We'll see. But I mean, he's certainly on the hot seat, and I'm not sure that this is a year that they're going to make a playoff run. Certainly with their quarterback situation there. Uh, any thoughts, generally speaking, on the Las Vegas Raiders here headed into the year? From the strength of schedule, Wags, I will say I have the number two number two in the entire NFL. So a very difficult schedule as well for the Raiders. Yeah, I have them six. Um, Look, I don't really have much to say here for the Raiders. It's kind of similar to like how the Chiefs are so good. The Raiders are on the opposite side of the spectrum in a a sense, right? Like I think Devontae Adams is – an asset. I mean, he's great. Or now he might he might not be there halfway through the year, man. Yeah, I mean, look, time will tell, and uh, I get it. I get it. Um, you're asking Jimmy Garoppolo to go from you know you can look at him and say, oh, he's a good quarterback. He's a good game manager, and he was able to be successful because of all of the pieces he had around him in New England, and then moving that to San Francisco. What he had there was great defenses and great offensive lines. Now he's coming into a situation where, yes, he has Devontae Adams. He might have Josh Jacobs. Who knows? But who's been holding out? He's playing the long game here, and that could be some issues. Um, but what, Garoppolo, like their defense, other than Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, is trash. Those guys need to get after the quarterback like 10 times better than they do for this 
defense to have a chance. I mean, and the reason I say it is the back end of their defense is terrible. And who do they play? They play Kansas City twice. They play basically Mahomes twice, right? They play Herbert twice, right? They're playing Russell Wilson, who they beat twice last year. I don't expect that to happen this year again. Um, I think at best they split with the Broncos at best. Um, you know, and, and they're playing teams that can put up points. I think, yeah, I have them ranked as a sixth schedule. And I think the back half of that schedule is brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to play the Jets, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Vikings, the Chargers, the Chiefs at Colts. So who knows what that, that's going to happen on the, and then Denver again. So it's, it's not looking good in my opinion for the Raiders. Um, there's way too many holes here. I think what Gruden and Mayock did here was a travesty when they were involved. They gave away the farm. Um, and, and you know, I think it's going to take some time for the Raiders to rebuild and they will be one of my, go with the Texans who potentially will be um, in that spot to potentially go up and get a Caleb Williams from USC. That's why I mentioned Devontae Adams might not be with the team because they might just decide halfway through the year it's time to tank. Wags three of, in the last four drafts, uh, their first round picks are no longer even on the team. Just in the last four years, 2019, Farrell, he's on the 49ers. 2020, Henry Ruggs, out of the league. 2021, Ooh. Alex Leatherwood, he's now on the Bears. So, I mean, this is a team, just from a draft perspective, that's done absolutely horrible. Um, yeah, that's Jim- the Gruden and Mayock situation. Exactly, just awful. what you said. Jimmy G comes in, will he stay healthy? Probably not. So, that's a thing. Um they lose Darren Waller as well, which I think is huge. Devontae Adams, will, will he be on the team? Who knows? Strength of schedule, second, very difficult. Minus 23-point differential last year, and they were minus eight in turnovers last year. So uh, this is an under that continues to get hit, and um, just not a lot to like about the Raiders. If if they were smart, honestly, they would just tank. Try to get the number one pick, start over, sort of get your guy. Because in this division, when you're going to have Patrick Mahomes uh, and Justin Herbert for the next decade plus, there's there's no possible way to compete without at least a league average quarterback, uh, and certainly needing one who's a little bit better than league average if you want to win going forward. All right, that is the AFC West. That is the AFC South. Good stuff, man. All the way done with the AFC. And uh, at this point, Wags, one of these eight teams is our free play season win total that we are going to be giving out now. And before we do that, again, guys, thank you so much for all the reviews, all the DMs, all the thoughts on the pod. We definitely appreciate it. If you have two seconds to give us a five-star review, just click the five stars. We definitely do appreciate it. The futures package, which will get you every single future that we make in both NFL and college, comes out Tuesday, August 22nd. So that is out next week. Be sure to take a look at that on the website. All right, my man, free play time. Here we go. Houston Texans wags. We are going to the Texans under six and a half minus one thirty. That number is available at DraftKings. We talked about it earlier, but this is a team that over the last three years, Wags has a combined ten wins. Ten wins in three seasons. And now you have a season win total this year set at six and a half. Where they have to win seventy percent of their combined wins over the last three years in just one year to go over that number. Brand new scheme, including new head coach, new OC, new DC, rookie quarterback who by all indications hasn't exactly been lighting it up in camp or in his first game last week. Uh, they were minus 131 in point differential last season, so their starting point is well below the seven wins needed to go over this total. And with all the moving parts, including a very difficult schedule to begin the year with games versus the Ravens, Jaguars, Steelers, Falcons, and Saints, all happening before their bye week, I think if this team doubled their win total from last year and won six games, that would be considered a major accomplishment for them in a, in a pretty darn good year, quite frankly, with all the moving parts. So under six and a half wags, minus 130 at DraftKings is the free play on this podcast for the Houston Texans. Yeah, look, I, I think you said it all well. I mean, it's first-year head coach, first-year quarterback. I mean, you you start pairing that situation together, and historically it's just doesn't really – lend for success um, doesn't mean over the long run, it can't work out. Um, I, I think it absolutely can. Um, and I, especially if, if they don't do so well and they're in a position to trade back and start accumulating some of those picks that, um, you know, that they, they've given away over the last you know few years, um, you know, 
they might be in a better position in the long run. But yeah, I, I, you know, again, I, I think this offense runs the ball a lot more than passes. I think they're conservative. I think they try to rely on their D, maybe win some low scoring games. But, um, you know, I, I just don't think their defense is there just yet to start winning games, um, especially with young quarterbacks in either Davis Mills or CJ Stroud. Well said, well said. All right, under six and a half, minus one thirty on the Houston Texans is the free play. That is the AFC. All the college football previews are out in the last couple of weeks. Check those out. Free plays as well. There, two free plays on the AFC side, and we're back next week rounding out the NFC. Same format, two divisions per pod, two pods next week. We'll have a free play on each. Those will be out middle to late next week. All right, man. Anything else, Wags? AFC or any of these divisions before we wrap it up? We good to go? No, good to go. Looking forward to the NFC next week, and uh, everybody have a good weekend. Absolutely. Well said. All right, everybody, that is the AFC for WAGS. I'm ACL. We will talk to you all next week with the NFC.